And if you have your Bibles, as always, please stand for the reading of God's Word here this morning. We are at 1 Peter, the second chapter. 1 Peter, the second chapter. And it reads as follows. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Amen. You may now be seated. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for six years here in the West Valley, sort of the central Phoenix area. We thank you, Lord, for purposely placing us here to be effective, preaching your word, a God-centered gospel, not a man-centered gospel, but a God-centered gospel to this community and for all the friends and family, Lord, that you've placed in our lives throughout the six years of serving here in your church. Lord, we thank you for the reading of the word today. Thank you for this letter that Peter wrote to Christians who were scattered abroad, who were suffering through persecution because of their faith. They were encountering all sorts of conflict, even their lives being threatened, and eventually those at some times were martyred. We thank you for this word. It's very relevant for us today. As believers in the body of Christ, help it. Help us grow into those things that you need us to grow into. Spiritually, we become stronger to combat the flesh, to fight and war against the flesh. And we thank you, Lord, for today on this beautiful Sunday here in Phoenix, where you placed us in this February month of the 17th day. We give you the glory and honor for it belongs to you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to give you some reasons to long for the word. The title of the sermon is called Longing for the Word. Now, when you long for something, it's something that you desire. You are, you are passionate about it, so you sort of long for it, and you want more of it. It's something that you cannot live without. Many of us long for certain things in our own personal life, but there's nothing more um, that, a, that a Christian should not desire more than to long for the Word of God. And there's so many reasons here. Now, there are reasons why we should long for the word, but there's also going to be reasons I'm going to explain to you today why we, what kills our appetite, because we should be really, really hungry Christians and hungry for the word of God. Do we have any Christians here that are hungry for the word of God? You need the word of God, so you desire it, so you are hungry for the word of God. So there are different places where most churches, we, we hear we, we worship God in three phases and in three places, and that's we worship God in song, we worship God in our giving, and then we worship God in the reading of the word and applying the word to our lives. That for, therefore, we are 
hungry for the things of God. So I'm going to give you some reasons here that will affect your life and longing for the word of God. This is as Peter has illustrated here. There's, a, there's two ways that will affect us. Then there's three relational ways that affect our longing for the word. And isn't it, isn't it, um, it's, it should be known to you. you. You should be well aware that you have an enemy. You have someone who is out there with, with other, his, his little minions who will try to stop you for longing for the word of God. He will bombard you with things in life where you will will will, will not be a not be uh, hungry for those things and you will lose your appetite for the things of God so today I'm going to give you these things that you are well aware of so that you will always stay hungry for the word of God that you won't lose your appetite that the enemy won't destroy your appetite for the things of God so right away we're going to go to verse 1 chapter 2 and verse 1 just follow along here with me if you have your notes uh, I hope you have them. It's this. We pass these out. You should have these with you here this morning. Right away, we read the scripture. And the sermon title is Longing for the Word. And the first point I'm going to give you is you should long for the Word of God because it nurtures us, it sustains us, and it gives us life. A Christian needs the Word of God. It grows us. It strengthens us. It nurtures us. We should long for these things. After all, we are saved by the Word of God. We are saved by the Word of God. So right away in verse 1. It says this, and Peter writing it, speaking to Christians, born-again believers now. He's writing to believers. It says, so put away, meaning to lay aside, cast off, get rid of these things. You as a believer right away need to recognize these things that you need to get rid of these things. So he says, put away, put away or cast aside. What is that word there? All malice. All malice can be translated as wickedness wickedness now can a christian operate in wickedness absolutely they can if they're if they're not war waging war against the flesh but the spirit then they will operate in wickedness some of the things that we do some of the things that that we and the things that we say and how we carry ourselves right away one of the reasons that we don't long for the word and you don't desire the word is because a lot of us are still operating in wickedness being wicked and so he's saying Put it away. Put it away. So put away all wickedness, which is malice, and all deceit, which is lies, telling lies. Put away the deceitfulness in your life. Stop being deceitful. Put away and put away these things. He's saying remove these things from your life because these are the very things that will keep you from longing for the word. Longing for the word. Desiring the word of God. Needing the word of God. Applying the word of God to your life. For me, I can't get enough of the word of God. I love to read the word of God. I need to read the word of God in Greek. I need to understand what it means in Hebrew. I need a, a, a great understanding of the word of God because it nourishes me. It makes me stronger. And without it, we get weak. You all need food to survive. You need the sun to survive. You need water to survive. And so, therefore, in your Christian life, you need the word of God to survive. Christians should be able to quote scripture. You should have scriptures in your arsenal already in your memory bank. For you young people, it should already be in your, in your data. It should be there. You should know it to refute these urges and the flesh that try to wage war against your spirit that you have the scripture in your heart. And you can quote scripture for you need this. So put away all malice and put away all deceit. And he says this. And what's that word? And hypocrisy here in greek it means put off the mask that you're wearing you have this mask that you have in front of you and you know what stop wearing the mask stop being somebody else 
Be who God has called you to be. Walk in your true identity. Many of us don't want to be known as Christians at school. Many of us don't want to be known as Christians at work. Many of us don't want to be known as Christians out in public because maybe it's so, it's a certain image that that you are you are not used to carrying. But for us here, we know that we will be born again believers. We will we will demonstrate our faith out in public. That's what we do. That's why we go to events. That's why we reach out to people to show the world that we are born again believers. You need the Jesus that rescued me. You need this Jesus also. So we walk in our identity, not in hypocrisy, not wearing a mask over our face and being somebody else around other people. And you know how I was explaining that last week where sometimes people will come to church and they'll be in the church and then they'll go home and be somebody else. They won't behave. They'll behave differently than they were when they were in the house of God. And so we know that you have to remove the mask. These are the things that keep you from longing for the word of God. These are the things that attack your appetite. There are things in your life, you know, that unless it's, everything doesn't go right, you're not going to stay uh, starving. You won't be hungry. Some of us um, go through things where we lose our appetite. And I'm sure every, everybody can relate to that. You could be hungry, but then you get bad news. All of a sudden you lose your appetite. You could be on fire for the word of God. You could be doing things for the word of God, but then you find yourself acting hypocritical. You find yourself operating in malice. You find yourself operating and being deceitful, and therefore it kills the appetite for the word of God. And so Peter is saying for you as Christians, put these things aside. Cast them away from you. Cast them away from you. Don't be hypocritical. Don't be putting on a mask. Be who I've called you to be. Walk in your true identity as a Christian. Then he says this. Now these are the relational sins that keep us from longing for the word of God. These are in relation to one another. These are in relation to one another. Malice is something you operate in sometimes. And other things is a lie. You operate in those things. But these three sins here are relational. These three sins here you need to cast away because it affects your relationships one to another. You can't tell me that many of you can spot a hypocrite when you see one. And if you know people who are acting hypocritical, and so it ruins your relationship one to another. The other one is envy, which is jealousy. Why are we jealous of one another? Christians will not long for the word when you are walking in jealousy with one another. Many of you don't really are, aren't really happy for someone who is growing in the things of God, who are God elevates to a certain position. You look at them and says, why isn't that happening to me? So you operate in jealousy. You operate in jealousy. So we need to remove these relational sins from us. No more hypocrisy. No more jealousy. And then the other one is slander, backbiting. That's when you, you act like you're happy for somebody, but as soon as they leave, you start talking about them. That's one of the things where it affects your relationship with the people of God because these are relational sins which keep you from longing for the word. Too many times we know people that slander all the time. And they will pat you on the back, but then they walk away and then they start to backbite. They start to backbite. So these are the sins, these five sins here. You need to highlight them. You need to highlight them and act like and and and, and remove them. Don't don't act like any of it, but cast it away. And the reasons are very clear because in verse 2, I'm going to show you why. Why you need to remove these sins from your life. Now we know that, like in the second notes here, the other point of this sermon is our fallen nature interferes with our desire to long for God's word. So here Peter referencing our nature. This is who we are by nature. We're fallen people. Fallen people who are without Christ are jealous people. 
people who are by nature who are not of not in the body of Christ will be full of jealousy and envy, slander and deceit, and they'll be full of these things because that's who they are by nature. But you being born again should not be operating with these sins. You should cast them away. Cast them away. They shouldn't be a part of your life. No more malice. No more deceit. No more hypocrisy. No more envy. And no more slander. That's why when you wake up in the morning, you should thank God that you have another chance to make it right with God. That's why when you wake up in the morning, and as our brother was saying here, there was a song that was singing, that the, we thank God for the air that we breathe in our lungs because it gives us a chance to repent, ask for forgiveness, and move forward from what we happened, whatever happened yesterday. And we thank God for this opportunity. Because some people didn't wake up today. Some people who did not wake up today are in judgment from God. But we are blessed that we woke up this morning, had enough air to get up to gather ourselves together, put our clothes on, and come hear the word of God. So put away all these things because these things are what kill your appetite for the word of God. These are the very things that do it. Come on up here. Jen, want to come up here? All right. Here's the reason why. Here's the reason why you need to put away these things. Put away these things. So Peter here in referencing newborn babes, follow along in verse number two. It says, like newborn infants, like newborn infants, you need to be like a newborn infant. Now, this isn't any any way for you to to, uh, mix metaphors with what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, meaning that you need to grow from spiritual milk to spiritual meat. We, we definitely have done that in six years as a church. Many of us started off with milk, but now you are understanding you need the meat of God's word. You need the meat of God's word. So here, he's saying like newborn infants. We're not mixing the metaphors here. This means something entirely different. He's saying you being like newborn infants long for the what? Pure spiritual milk. The pure spiritual milk, meaning the milk that is full the milk that is not watered down you should long for this but the problem with churches is that when they go to when you go to churches and you hear the word of god you're not going to hear a lot of the pure spiritual milk you'll hear a watered down version of the spiritual milk now you as babes i mean babies he references to you to be like a newborn infant what does a newborn infant desire a new, they just want milk. They don't care about the. <laughs> they don't care about their outfits. The babies don't care about what their room is going to look like when you bring them home from the hospital. The babies don't care what their mom or their dad looks like. They don't care. They don't care. And if you're blessed, and if you're blessed, when you, your child is blessed, maybe your child looks like mom and not like dad. And so, <laughs> but they don't care. He's like, amen. They don't care. They don't care. Babies do not care. All they want is milk. They want that milk. And he's referencing you as a believer, you as a, as a powerful man and woman of God. You should be desiring milk all the time. The pure spiritual milk. You know the, mirror, the spiritual milk that tells you that if you're operating in sin, repent from your sin. You know, the, the pure spiritual milk, the power of God's word that tells you Jehovah Jireh being our provider doesn't mean he's going to bless you with a house. It means he's providing a lamb for your sins. That spiritual milk. Amen. Not the one where they sing all these others. God is my war. and God is does, do, fighting my battles. No, he's fought the enemy for you so that he himself won't destroy you and you won't be in judgment any longer. These pure spiritual milk where you hear words like repent from your sins. When you hear words 
Like humble yourself. Not you're here to elevate yourself, but we're here to humble ourselves before God. So he says like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk. When my kids were young, this is how we should be, but I'm, I'm, he's, he's using this, this analogy of newborn babies. When our kids were young and like baby Emery there, take that bottle away, Brittany, and see what happens, right? She's gonna cry, 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 cry until you put it back in her mouth. But I remember when our kids were crying and crying, and one in particular, he's over here, and he was a baby, one in particular, when he would cry and cry and cry, he was, he was a quiet child. But when he was hungry, he cried and cried and cried and cried. And until that bottle was ready, and you know, you couldn't give it to him hot. You had to make sure it was warm, and you tested it to make sure the milk was all right. And then you put it in his mouth, and he was strong enough, he would get his hands up there like this, and he would, you know. You know that noise they make when they have an ain't no while they, and then, and then, he, and then he just, then he'd have it in his mouth still as a baby, and just kind of look at you. And to stare at you. Aaron was different. When Aaron wanted milk and he cried and cried, he cried all the time. But when he cried, he cried, he cried. <laughs> when he cried, when he wanted milk and he put that bottle in his mouth and he was drinking the bottle of milk, he was drinking and drinking, but he didn't drink all of it. But when he got enough, you know how the babies do this. And many of us can see that when they, when you get that milk and you get enough of it, he just with his hand, push it away. And he just, <sighs> just look at you like, I got what I needed. I got what I needed. Right? And so we should be like that. He's telling us to be like that for the word of God. Why don't you long for the word of God? What keeps you from longing for the word of God? What keeps you from wanting to open up the word of God and reading the word of God? What keeps you from this? It's your life. It's your career. It could be your wife. It could be your husband. It could be your kids. But nothing should keep you from longing for the word of God. Nothing. This is the very voice of God, God himself, that's speaking to you through his word. That's why we get frustrated when people say, I got to go to church to hear the word. I got to go to church to get a word today. Haven't opened up your Bible all week long, but you come to the church to hoping that somebody is going to speak something new to you so that you can relate to it. But you have the word of God. You have the Bible for yourself. You open it for yourself and you read the word of God. There's the voice of God speaking to you, telling you what you need to do, telling you what your purpose in life is. So he's saying, you know, be like a newborn infant and long for the word of God. Long for it. Long for it. Then it says this. Let's follow along. This is how important the word of God is to you and to Jesus that you read it. It says, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, meaning don't settle for a watered-down version of the word. There's too many people that go to churches, and they say the worship is amazing. Man, but the word of God, is just, it's not very good. Man, but the worship, awesome. Too many churches like that, they emphasize the worship and how it looks, what the light shows, and all this stuff. But the word of God is kind of put on the back burner. It's not that important. We can just read you a couple of passages and you should be good. Here, take home the notes and you're good. Go study for yourself. No, no, we need to teach you the word of God. Amen. We need to help you grow in the word of God. So we need to break it down so you can understand what it means. Long for the word of God, for the pure spiritual milk, meaning not a watered down version of it. Not a watered down version of it, meaning people can take the word of God and just motivate you. And I was listening to a pastor last week. And if you were here on, on Wednesday, you remember what I was saying about testing the spirits. 
Meaning that you can't just let anybody come in your church. And if I'm going to let somebody come in the church, I'm going to test their spirit. Meaning I'm going to test the person to make sure that they believe the same thing that I believe or you won't be standing up here. So we have to test that spirit or test the person. But there was somebody last week preaching and preaching and preaching, telling everybody in the church, this is your year for promotion. This is your year for promotion. Your promotion is coming. Everything's coming your way. This is your year, your year, your year. And it had everybody up and running. Matter of fact, if I told you that today, you'd probably be up and jumping right now too. You're going to get your promotion. You're going to get that car. You're going to get that house. You're going to get your money. You're going to get everything that you desired. But all that stuff is of the world. All that stuff is of the world. And the world knows its voice. Talk to me like the world, and the world understands their voice. But if you talk to me in the word, the word, you guys should understand the word and the language that we're speaking, how it feeds your spirit and strengthens you for adversity, strengthens you for crisis, strengthens you for what you have placed yourself in, that God's word will grow you and pull you out of some of the darkness that you find yourself in because of choices and decisions that we make here. And so it says this, long for the pure spiritual milk. Then it says this, that by it you may what? Grow up into salvation. What does that mean, grow up into salvation? That doesn't, it's not referencing like, hey, look, if you, don't, if you don't read the word of God, get in the word of God, you're going to lose your salvation. He's speaking to born-again believers, people who possess the spirit of the living God, the third person of the Trinity, people who are regenerate, people who are alive and in their spirit. They're no longer dead, people walking, but they're alive. He says, in it that you may grow up into salvation, meaning you should be stronger as a believer. You should be stronger as a Christian. You should be stronger in understanding how you've been saved. And so it's very important. The word of God is very important. So I want to show you something here. And a lot of people probably don't reference this, but we're going to, I'm going to show you a story in the book of Luke. So if you can, go to the book of Luke. Move your Bibles over to the book of Luke, chapter 11. Chapter 11, and I'm going to read verse 27. So go, go to the book of Luke, chapter 11. I'm going to show you how important the word of God is. Chapter 11. Chapter 11. And I want to begin at verse 27. Are you there, church? Amen. Let me just set this up here in, in its context. So if you're, at, if you're at Luke chapter 11, I'm going to show you in verse 24. Follow along with me. I'm going to read it along until I get to the end of it. What, what Jesus says in the red letters, why it's important. It says this in verse 24. And when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through what? Waterless places seeking rest. And finding none, it says, I will return to the house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings even seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. Meaning Jesus is saying, look, you can cast out the enemy from your house. But if you don't stay in the word of God, you don't stay powerful in the word of God, you don't long for the word of God, guess what? Those evil spirits are going to come back and torment you. And you'll be worse than you were the last time you tried to cast it out. Because you allowed all this stuff in your house, and now you have to cast out the enemy, but you might find yourself in a weaker state where he'll bring other spirits to attack you, and you'll be oppressed. So listen to the context of what's happening here. Now verse 27. And he said these things. He said, and he said these things. It says what? A woman? Someone say a woman. A woman. In the crowds. He heard these things, but there was a woman in the crowd, and she says this. After hearing what he just said about the spirits, casting out the spirits, he says, she says this, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, so obviously she yelled it out and said, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which 
you nursed at the breast at which... So she yells this out as a woman. Blessed is the womb that you came out of and the breast that, that you ate from. He, she says that. But watch what he says. But he said, blessed rather are those who what? Hear the word of God and keep it. And it, don't look. Long for the word of God. She's comparing it like, like she's like, wow, you, that was amazing what you just said. Blessed is the woman that you came from and, 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 and who gave you milk. Blessed is that woman. But he says, wait a minute. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Those are the ones that are truly blessed. Now go back. Go back to 1 Peter 2. He says this very thing to her. That's why we need to long for the word of God. We need to long for the word of God. Then it says this. That, it may, that, that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. That if there isn't like, if, you know, if you've tasted, it's more as since. It's more spoken in the fulfillment. So it's like since you have tasted that the Lord is good. Since you have tasted. Many of you know that the Lord is good. You know that the Lord is good, but we know that the Lord is good. And we say that the Lord is good here is because the Lord is good is that his wrath has been removed from us. The Lord is good. My sins have been forgiven. The Lord is good. I can go before God and pray, which means he has made me a priest. Therefore, the Lord is good. Do you know that you are a king and that you are a priest? Speaking to the men here, because you are the ones who are supposed to have rule over your homes, to be praying in your homes, to be Bible studying in your homes, to have times of devotion in your homes, because that who is, that's who God has made you is a priest. So a priest longs for the word of God. And through it, you understand you have tasted of it, of God's kindness, of his graciousness, of his loving hand. You know it. You know it, so you've tasted and you've seen that the Lord is good. Many of you are great cooks. Many of you, are, are, you have your own uh, things that you desire, that you know is good. And since you know it's good, you like to share it with one another. And me being pastor, that I get a lot of perks because of it. <laughs> People want to give me their food, and it's great, okay? It's great. They, they make it. They provide it. It says, you got to try this. It's so good. And that's how our lives should be when it comes to the word of God and sharing the word of God with others. It should be so good to you that you want to share it. It should be so good to you that you can't wait to share it. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. What is tasting that the Lord is good means? First, the third per, uh, the point of the sermon it says, tasting the Lord's salvation. Meaning you become born again. It comes with experiencing personal joy. Many of you understand what that joy is all about personally because you've been, you've been born again. You have been made right before God. You've, you've been, been given Christ's righteousness. That comes from the divine author, the word of God. So we taste and we desire the word of God. We long for the word of God. We long for this very thing. But these other sins that get in the way that keep us from longing the word of God. There was something funny that I was in part of a, I was part of a meeting where um, it's Sir, uh, Serge 
network, this, this, the meetings there, and there's some pastors that come together, and all these pastors come together, and we were talking once, and we were talking about some of the things that the congregation does, and as counselors, sometimes a pastor, you know a pastor is a counselor, we have to talk to you, and then we have to see, so he, one guy said, I kind of referenced Bob Newhart, I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, did you ever see that old Bob Newhart show, when he was, he was a, a, a psychiatrist, and a lady went over there to his office, and she sat across from his office, and she was saying, I don't know why I behave this way, I don't know why I do certain things, I don't know why I'm always arguing, I don't know why I feel negative all the time, I don't know why, and he just looks at her, and he goes, stop it, stop it. And that's all he kept saying. Well, wait, 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 wait. I, I, I want to emphasize, I want to share a little more why I'm like that. He just says, stop it, stop it. Two words over and over again. Just stop it, just stop it. So it's like what we got to tell you. And sometimes I want to just tell you when I hear your stories and I see what you're doing, I want to say, just stop it, just stop it. Why don't you just stop it? Right. Well, I can't because I, can, I see you doing it. Well, why don't you just stop that too? Just stop it. So I got, a, I got a big laugh out of that. It was so funny when I was hearing him. And then I actually went to YouTube the video and I watched it. I was like, it's even funnier. Hear Bob Newhart. If you know Bob Newhart, Bob Newhart's the one from Elf. He played the Elf, uh, the, the Will Ferrell's father. That, that guy, Bob Newhart. But he's saying, stop it, stop it, stop it. And we're like, it, I, I want it to be that easy. But it really, it should be that easy since you possess the third person of the Trinity, of a triune God who gives you the Holy Spirit, who's a person who has a personality, who's there within you, it can, and, and when you understand it and you long for the word of God, then you can stop it. You can stop it and you can long for the word of God. Finally, I got four minutes. Finally, go to the application part. Put away wrong ways, number one, put away wrong ways of relating and applying the word of God that, might, that led to your salvation. Instead, share what you have tasted. Okay, we should share the word of God. Know the word of God. Studying number two, studying the word will transform our minds and move our hearts to love one another. We need the word of God. We need the word of God. We preach expositorily here. We go through the lines verse by verse, precept by precept, so that you can get a good understanding of what this means, what this means to you and how it applies to your life. Finally, number three, when you are taught correctly, you grow in the word. Because it is pure. Because it's pure. The word is rational, right? The word is spiritual, and it's nourishing in your salvation. The word of God is powerful. Thank the Lord for six years of being able to preach the gospel to you, sharing the gospel, teaching the gospel, um, absolutely meeting new people, seeing new faces. Uh, the trials and tribulations of all relationships and how we deal with it and how I've been able to deal with it is because of the pure spiritual milk of the word of God and longing for it. I pray that you continue to long for the word of God and identify in one of these five areas, these five, these, these relational sins, which keep us from the word of God. So with that, I'm going to pray and we're going to close and we'll head out to the park and we will have uh, lunch. We'll break bread together. So let us pray. Father, I thank you for one six wonderful years of growing in salvation. I thank you for six wonderful years of, of standing up here as pastor with flaws and, and made many mistakes. Lord, I thank you for your grace and your mercy upon my life. I thank you, Lord, that through every decision that I've made, some good, some bad, that I've been able to learn through it all. And I thank you, Lord, that you've grew me, you've grown me in 
into a position where we are able to desire and hunger and long for the word constantly, constantly. And we thank you for the gift of faith. We thank you for the gift of repentance. We thank you for the gift of your grace and the gift of salvation. So, Father, right now we just pray over the congregation today. I pray over your people. I pray you continue to bless them, Lord. Let them identify those areas, those five sins which keep us from longing for the word. I pray that we locate it, that we understand what it means, and we deal with it. And we stop it. And we move forward in your grace. We move forward in your purposes and your plans that you have for us. We know that our daily life and the careers that we've chosen and the things that we do with our family, that sometimes things get in the way. But help us to strategize a perfect plan to stay hungry, to stay thirsty for the things of God, for your perfect will, Lord. Let it be done. Let us walk in your will. Here we are in the month of February already, Lord, and, and, and we're here at the end of February almost. And we thank you, Lord, for what a great way to start the year is by reading this letter, reading the book of Peter and reading what he relates to Christians who have been dispersed and scattered abroad and how they were dealing with different circumstances and conflicts and how it relates to us today. We thank you, Lord, for the power of your word. It's life-changing. Help it continue to sustain us, nurture us, and grow us because we need it. We need guidance. Holy Spirit, continue to work in us. We know that your ministry is always designed to point us to Jesus. Let us always continue to look to Jesus, looking to Jesus as our example and who he is as the Christ, the Messiah, the second person of the Trinity. We give you the glory and the honor, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for another wonderful year as we go into the beginning of this year. Continue to use us in a mighty way, outreaches, evangelism, doctrines that we, that we, the conferences that we are involved in and the people that you place to make it work, Lord, in your will. We thank you, Father. So we pray today over the church. We pray today over your people, Lord. Bless us as we leave today. Bless the rest of our day, Lord. Help us to have wonderful fellowship today out there, enjoying your beautiful weather that you've given us today. We give you the glory and the honor for it, and we pray this in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you for coming to church. We look forward to seeing you next week.